welcome to The Daily Cut, a podcast of Park Community Church. I'm Bretton Smith, the pastor at our Norwood Park location. Throughout this season, we wanted to create something consistent that would help add even a little sense of rhythm to life. And so, to do that, created The Daily Cut, short devotionals that we hope encourage you as you grow in your faith and walk with Jesus. This is The Daily Cut, and I'm Bretton Smith. I'm so thankful we get an opportunity to do these daily cuts, and I don't know who benefits more, you all or us, as we've studied through some of these passages. Well, we're going to continue going through Proverbs as we have for the last week, and today we get to look at a proverb that actually tells us a story, and the story is going to lead us to understanding wisdom, the wisdom in discipline versus laziness, the sluggard, and we're going to be in Proverbs chapter 24 this morning, verses 30 through 34, so I'm going to go ahead and read it for us, and then we'll get add a little bit of commentary around it towards the end. I passed by the field of a sluggard, by the vineyard of a man lacking sense, and behold, it was all overgrown with thorns, and the ground was covered with nettles, and its stone wall was broken down. Then I saw and considered it. I looked and received instruction. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come upon you like a robber, and want like an armed man." It's almost as if the author was taking a walk. And as he was walking down a dusty road, he looks to a field, and this is a very particular field. This is a field that's owned by a certain man. And as he describes who this man is, you start to realize that it's obvious from the work that's being done in his fields. This man is labeled as a sluggard, someone who is lazy, who doesn't want to lift up his hands for work, but also as someone who is lacking sense. Someone who has a lot of potential, but is choosing to do nothing about it. And so as he sees his field, his field is being described by one that is being overgrown with thorns and one that is overgrown with all kinds of plants that shouldn't be there. But also notice that there's a fence and the fence is in disrepair. Now, for many of us, we live in the city. We are coming out of our condos or we're walking out of our buildings, and we don't necessarily have the same experience as the author of Proverbs in this. And yet, I think there's, we can venture to say that for many of us, we could walk down the street and see many of these similarities with the shops and with the businesses around us. Think about it. For this man, this field was his livelihood, And so when we come across shops, we can see very quickly which shops are of those that have worked very hard and which ones are of those that have just let it slide a little bit too long. We notice that the sidewalks might be in disrepair or that the signs in the window might be faded or that there's advertisements from five years ago when we start to realize that there is a pattern that has happened with some shops around us. But what the author does here, he actually stops, and it's almost as if he was allowing this scene to be his teacher. It's like he's sitting there listening to a sermon that he is watching unfold before him. And as he's sitting there, he realizes some truths, and these are the truths that he realizes. That if you just let yourself sleep in a little bit too much... If you allow yourself to hit snooze over and over and over and over, or maybe you take extra vacation days, 
Or maybe you make excuses for not showing up to work on time. And this is what he says. Poverty is going to jump on you like a bandit. And all of a sudden, all the things you want will be out of your reach. He's allowing what he sees to be his teacher. And then he's writing it down for our benefit that we would also be taught. And what we are learning here is invaluable, that we need to have a strong work ethic, that when we say we're going to show up, that we would show up, that when we say we're going to work hard, we would work hard. And because honestly, if we let this go on a little bit too long, it becomes obvious for everyone to see. I mean, think about it. It takes a long time for a fence to fall apart. It takes a long time for a stone fence to fall apart, which means that this lazy person had been there for a very long time and refused to do any kind of work for a very long time. See, you and I can both maybe take a few weeks or maybe take a few months and nobody would even realize that what we are doing is not up to standard or not up to the par. But if you do it long enough, if you start to do this time after time, you start realizing that others are taking note of all the work that is not being finished, all the work that is not getting the attention that it needs. Now, I also want us to to make sure that we're not swinging all the way on the other side of the pendulum. See, it's not just about the hard work. I believe that we can also start to move into something called workaholism. It's those that work too long, work too much, work all the time, that there's always a feeling, a pressure that if you don't put the time in, there's somebody else that will, and that all of a sudden your job is on the line all the time. And so you work, you work, you work, you wake up early, you're there before you're supposed to be there, you leave later than you should be, you just work all the time. And when you go home, your mind is continuing to spin about how else you could do something or make something more efficient. Now, Now, there's nothing wrong with that. I believe there's a drive that each one of us has, but it's when that drive can never be turned off. See, that's why I think this is a lesson, a lesson about discipline. See, I believe that a good definition of discipline is doing what needs to be done when it needs to be done. So when something needs to be done, you do that. But when rest is supposed to happen, you should rest as well. See, we have a rhythm in our lives, a rhythm of weekends, and sometimes we live only for the weekends because we want our time back. But there's also times where in those weekends we should work, a different kind of work. We may not be paid for that work, but it's a different kind of work that we will have to do. But when it's time to rest, would you find real rest? Would you allow your body to recover? Would you allow your mind to recover? Would you do some things that would give you great joy? But not only our bodies or our minds, but also would we allow our souls to recover? Give yourself space for your heart and for your mind and for your soul that you would reconnect with God whether it be through prayer and meditation, whether it be through solitude, which probably many of us have had too much of at this point, whether it be through just sharing what God has given you with others through fellowship. Give space for your soul to recover too. Now, I want to address this season. See, in this season, we've been in this for about two months. 
I know personally, I started off really on the forefront of everything going, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to endure to the end. I'm going to work hard. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to set up really disciplined and our family's going to do this. And little by little, as the two months has gone on, I found myself getting a little bit more tired of this rhythm. See, for me, this is a time to hit the reset button and say, okay, let's start again. What are the disciplines that need to go back into place? How does work need to persist and need to continue? How do I need to put hedges and guardrails around the work time so that my family and so my home get some attention as well? That we would still use this time, not for our own benefit, but for the benefit of others. That we would use this time as a time to work hard and that our homes would not fall apart that the fences around our homes, that the fences around our jobs, that the product of what we're giving our clients in this season would be some of the best work we can do and we would not find ourselves being distracted by our computer screens or being distracted by the noises around us or just having the fear that I just need to get outside right now. Would we use this time as a time to really dedicate ourselves to learn how to work hard and how to call ourselves in check when we're starting to slip. See, Paul brings this up that we're supposed to do everything to the glory of God. He actually says whether you eat or you drink in 1 Corinthians 10, whether you eat or you drink, do it all for the glory of God. And that's exactly what this worth ethic brings us to, that we would be a people, that we would be men, that we would be women, that we would be those who are just about to retire or those who are just barely starting off in our careers, that we would be people that are being defined by the work that we do, not because it defines us, because we reflect the Savior, we reflect Jesus Christ through the work that we do. So would our laziness not point to our folly, but would our hard work point to our Savior? Thanks for listening today. I hope you're doing well. We'll be back on Monday with another short devotional, so stay tuned.